We're good. All right. What's going on, man? <sighs> Nothing much, man. We're very busy. We're very, very busy. Grind time, so... grind time for the college student, eh? Accountants out there. Shout out to the accountants out there in the October busy season. <laughs> oh, have you been, like, keeping tabs of uh, this, like, Kyrie stuff? Yeah, man. It's ridiculous now. Like, so, what are your thoughts on it? I was a huge Kyrie Irving fan, man. Like, I bought this dude shoes. Yeah, I'll give you a second, right? As an Indian kid, you don't get nice shoes, okay? You get the $50 shoes in the clearance aisle of JCPenney once a year, okay? My senior year of high school, I got a job. I saved up enough money, so I'm going to buy myself a nice pair of shoes. And I bought the Kyrie 2s, the July 4th, like the U, the Team USA 2016 edition Kyrie, Kyrie 2s. Those are my first nice shoes. Everybody remembers their first pair of Jordans, their first pair of really nice shoes. And that was my first pair because I really like this guy. Now, I think he's a fucking idiot. I think he's an idiot. That's what I think of Kyrie Irving. He's an idiot. You know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, so, I don't necessarily respect Kyrie. I think he's been a prima donna like the last three years, especially um, – Ever since he left Cleveland, he's just kind of been on a downward spiral, and he's just been getting kind of more outlandish with all his takes. But one thing I guess I'm going to protect here is uh, he did make a statement, I think, yesterday. Um, I, I don't know if it was his Instagram Live or his Twitter or whatever it is, but he made a statement, and he basically said that he feels like he shouldn't be punished for not wanting to do something with his body. Um, and – He's basically taking the stance that he shouldn't have to get a vaccination if he doesn't want to, right? Like, it's it's not something that you need to survive, right? Uh-huh. So he's, been, he's, ma- he's making the counter-argument that it's about basically what feels good for him. It's, it's, it's his personal choice. So that kind of leads us to the question, right? Like, when do you draw the line with, like, what's personal choice and what's, like, a mandate? Because... Sure, and, and, I, and I have a counter-argument to that, right? I completely agree. It is your choice. It's your body. We live in the freest country in the world. You can choose not to get the vaccine or to get the vaccine. That's 100% your choice, and I have no problem with that. As a business owner and an owner of a... Of a the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. It's also my responsibility to make sure my players are safe and to make sure I comply with league guidelines and to make sure that we move on from this pandemic that we just went through. So while it's your right to not get the vaccine, it's also my right to not give you a contract. It's also my right to not let you play, not not uh, pay you. Uh, it, it's my, it's, it's a hundred percent my right because it's your right to say no. It's also my right to say no. So I asked Kyrie Irving, you know, it, the NBA isn't a government organization or anything like that. And I don't believe they are, are they mandating vaccines for everybody? Yeah. So basically the NBA has a policy now where if you're not vaccinated, you cannot play games 
in states that require the vaccine. So sure. basically, okay. so New York obviously is a state that requires the vaccine uh, to play. So he wouldn't play any home games this year. The only games he would have a chance at playing are any away games in which the state does not allow or allows you to play vaccine less. Well, yeah, this is a public safety issue. Yeah, if you want to go ahead and preach your First Amendment right and you're right about this, that you don't need the vaccines, also my right to not have you play for the Brooklyn Nets organization. If, you're, if Kyrie Irving's okay with that, which it seems like he is, which is taking a huge day his uh, teammates that he brought over. I mean, he was the guy that really orchestrated all this with, with Durant and then bringing over uh, uh, James Harden. Like, he's kind of leaving them in the dark. But if he's really gung-ho about this issue, I mean, yeah, fine. And, and I agree with the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets if they decide, decide to cut him. I, I don't – I don't, I don't disagree. Personally, my personal belief is that everybody should, should get the vaccine. But I also agree with like what I just said before. If you don't want to get it, you don't want to get it. But man, this is your money, man. Like get, how much is this worth to you, man? Like you get, just get the vaccine. It's, you know, how much are you getting paid? Like $35 million a year. Right. Yeah. See, he, he's making a lot of money. I get it. And like, it seems like he's like willing to go pretty far to make a statement here. Um, because I just I personally don't see him suiting up this year whatsoever if the mandate stays. I think that's just the type of guy he is. Um, but then like so to counter off that, you you said how well it's thirty five million, right? Like it's thirty five million yeah. to play for it, right? But then can't you make the argument then that there's you're kind of putting a price tag on your personal beliefs, right? So like if you're saying like suck it up for that thirty five million. For him, it's something that he doesn't want to do because he personally feels like it's not the right move for him. Then isn't there a sense of like respect for him, like standing out and making a statement while everyone else kind of follows whatever mandate or rule there is? Because to me, it just seems like he's being punished for making a personal health decision that shouldn't have anything really to do with like anyone else it's not a decision that and so it's the the vaccine in general has a has a much grander impact than they're not ask they're not asking him to like uh they're not asking him to do something super outlandish in my mind like they're asking you to get a vaccine that protects you and others against the coronavirus like I don't see how that is such a if we if we're if we're drill down on how much of, of a personal issue it is or how much like uh, like I don't have any respect for for that at all. No, you're saying no to to getting a, a simple vaccine that's going to help protect you and others, and on top of that, you're going to risk the you're going to risk the the chances of you winning a championship for your team. I no, there's absolutely no respect for that for me. None. So, basically, in a harsh way, personal choice is out the window when the business doesn't want you to to have a personal choice. This shouldn't have to be all right. If we're gonna harper on a personal choice, this shouldn't have to be a. This should have to be a, a a choice. This should just be something you do, like for what for like, other why, people. But but right, but like that that like brings up the argument like well what if someone doesn't feel it's good for himself right like 
now you're kind of drawing like a line where it's like it could be super 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 political like in in terms of the fact like if i don't want to do something this is america right like you should have the freedom to not do something right exactly eddie and i said that if he doesn't want to get the vaccine the nba is not as far as i know nba is not a public company or a government company even if they're a public company they can they can mandate all their employees to get the vaccine if you don't like that then you don't have to work there like you don't have to go to work there that like that's fine that's their terms for you being an employee right you can them or them it's a free country. Like you can go play basketball or else he wants to go play basketball. It's simple as that. That'd be, that'd be super interesting, right? If he like decided to take his talents elsewhere. Go play to like Europe yeah, or something. Like China. Yeah. yeah like, she, I, wonder how, China. I wonder how that would like affect the landscape. That'd be pretty cool to see. And like, I think what Stephen A. Smith said too is – pretty accurate and i and the one thing that i the one thing from this topic that i do want to point out is that sure i mean there's going to be those sides of people that that do 100 percent agree with them but i know somebody at, at at uh he's been the only one that's really come out publicly and given his actual thoughts on the issue right at, at work like i stephen a smith at first i wasn't particularly too like fond of him as an analyst. What do you mean? Is, is when he, do you mean at first? Like when you first started listening to him, or like? Oh yeah, started? as a kid. Kid, okay. and then and then the more you listen to him, he was funny, especially when he was with Skip. But like the more you listen to him, the more he's just trying to. He, he number one, I I understand in that business you have to find an argument for everything. You know, you, right. you can't, yeah. you can't just go up there and be like, yeah, Max, I agree with you. And yeah, Skip. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, he, I agree with everything right. you said, right. He, He's got to he find has, something. He, he has to have an uh, opinion on everything and the opinion has to differ from either the populace or it has to be the head of the populace. Right. Like that's kind of right, his, right. his job. And then so with him too is, is like, where from you learn more about him. This guy is those guys where he any excuses right from a poor background right right managed background into whether it's him being black or from a poor neighborhood or all of it all of it right he doesn't care he doesn't care that's not his excuse for any type of failure right, right. he grinded the philadelphia inquirer grinded his way all the way from the to bottom literally being a beat reporter for high school basketball games like if if I came to you and said, "Hey, Ad, what, what do you do?" Oh, I'm a beat reporter for high school basketball games. That does right. a great career, right? But look what he's built now, right? He's the face of ESPN. He's the that's a guy who makes no excuses and just grinds. That's a guy I can respect. Okay. Joe Pony, Kyrie Irving. Well, how so? I've always wondered. Like Stephen A. looks like a a guy who's been around for a while. I think he but... has, yeah. But the reality really is he signed with uh he he signed with ESPN radio in two thousand five, which is wow. what wow. was six, 16, sixteen years ago. Yeah. And he's fifty four. So really he didn't make any big waves in in journalism until he was thirty eight. Right like the Gary V complex because he's right. a perfect perfect example 
Ivy didn't do anything significant on terms of like his public notoriety until he was in his th- growing. If Gary Vee only grew his liquor business thirty career, right? And like that is, you, you go to you go, you talk to someone at a at a bar like yeah I grew my dad's liquor business three to, to sixty million in in revenue. Well, well that that's that's insane, right? He didn't do right. any heavy media stuff until he was in his thirties. He was just behind the scenes working at a liquor store. The story that he is it, it, is the it's the one that hits home is when he's like 28, 29 years old. And he's still like he his job was lead sales guy. That was a big liquor store, right? It's a winery. It was it was a huge winery, right? Right. He built the wine library, TV, and all that. But when he, a couple of his old high school buddies walk in, it was like Christmas or Thanksgiving or something, and they were up in BMWs and they were acting all cocky, and and like you could tell that they were giving him that look where it's like. Wow, I'm I can't believe you. the guy. I, yeah, I'm better than you. Like the guy I know from high school is bagging my, bagging my groceries essentially, right? right? And it's one of the things where like it's that bottom. Like I know he was angry at that, right? But he knew. Yeah, he, he he knew it was part of the process. Still, it's that bottled up anger where it's like, I'm gonna show you five years. Like you may be ahead of me on paper right now, but you don't know what I have in the bank and you don't know what I have planned. And I mean, like I, literally five years later obviously he can buy whatever he wants i think that's one of the coolest things about gary v is he's been a big advocate for longevity over short term and he preaches that in all of his stuff and i think that's like the coolest thing about him because even me and you right like we're 22 turning 23 next year right like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even there's some times where we'll be talking and we feel like we haven't even like hit the iceberg yet right like we feel like we're not doing enough yet this is a guy who blew up when he was 30 years old. Like it puts it on a like, real perspective. Yeah. And it, then like a guy like Stephen A, like Stephen A was probably grinding from the time he graduated college, which is 21 years old till 38 till he got that deal with ESPN. And I'm reading on it right now. It said he had a position as a writer for the Philadelphia in- Inquirer. Inquirer, yeah. Inquirer. And then he began reporting on the 76ers as their NBA columnist. And then in August 2007, the Inquirer announced that Smith would no longer be writing columns and would instead be demoted back to the position of general assignment reporter. So this is a dude who, like, probably got overlooked at least, oh, he at definitely least got 15 overlooked. to 20 times in his life. Yeah. Like, at least. And that you know and, how much that money? Mm-hmm. Like, that Big fucking time. hurts. You work journalists there grinding, like, all day. I mean, think of Adam Schefter. You think how many hours? How many hours do you think Adam Schefter works during football well, season? We, we we could talk about Adam Schefter. We could talk about Adam Schefter. We could definitely <laughs> talk about Adam Schefter. So, um, um, yeah, let's talk about him. So, Schefter. So listen. So basically, the way I understand it is, he was reporting on. This was in his early days reporting on the NFL. He basically gave the okay for uh, Bruce Allen to edit his post, right? So basically, before he released it, yes, yeah. So basically, he's saying like, if there's anything you don't like in this post, you could go ahead and change it, and I'll be fine. Right. Basically, and the 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 assumed exchange is is that you're the article about you early, and then you can add or you know take out whatever you want, and then you give me information. 
person um, that you don't give to really anybody first. And I can release that first. I mean, let's be real here. Do we think that Adam Schefter got the, was the always the first guy to report on information because he was the fastest with his thumbs? I mean, no, no, right. <laughs> journalism is a dirty it. business, man. A dirty, dirty business. There, so there's two sides to that, though, right? Like, there's the side that Adam Schefter kind of worked his way in, but then you can also make the argument for him, like, what journalist or big-time analyst in their position now didn't do that at some point when they are on the bottom? None. None, man. Listen. Right? So, like... Right. Like, all of people, them that. Like, yeah, he, He's, them he's getting that. a ton of slap right now for it, but, like, if you think about it, without those connections, he probably wouldn't be where he is today. So, like, it, I, I'm I mean, not sure how... If anybody actually has an issue with this, I mean, you... I don't understand how the world works. If you're making a journal... Come on, man. How do you yeah. think this works? Yeah. A reporter in every bad, like, like basically, like, one, you know, and I just release it. I don't build a relationship. I don't talk to about any information first. You're going to get kicked to the curb, man. It's not like you yeah. did anything illegal. Come on. No. And, you know, I think that the people who are most upset about it are probably the ones who were – writing about him right now and don't have the opportunity he does because they didn't take his approach. So like, I I really just think that people are, whoever's whatever journalists right now are writing the story on him and trying to throw him under the bus, just don't know what it takes to get to where he's at and are salty about it. That's how I feel. Yeah. Very like, it's very, it's one of those things. A huge ethical, is right like giving financial statement information to someone that's not the client right like that is right. wrong that's very wrong i don't see any sort of that in this right this is just building relationships this right. like and, and it's not like as far as we know it's not like he's sending bruce allen an article about another owner and he's like what do you change about this he's saying hey bruce this is an article about you right like right. what what it, it can also be seen as like a courteous gesture i guess too right you're kind of matching in that right now but like i don't right. know i think at least the adam schefter portion of this is getting way overblown ridiculous everything else is just fishy as hell like everything else smells really fucking fishy about this about this is all coming from on Dan Snyder, right? And, and nothing has come out about Dan Snyder. Nothing has come out about Dan Snyder. And it's just taken down person after person. First it's Gruden, and now they're trying to take And who knows who knows yeah. who's next? I'm so interested, man. I want I want emails. I want these emails. <laughs> I, I do too. Between all 600,000 emails, and you think oh John my. Gruden's the only one talking shit? Shannon Sharp's that guy's the best. Yeah, I, I sent that in our group chat the other day. Yeah, it was it was the it was a great point, and I was like, "Wow, this is the first time mainstream like sports media has made like, a great point in a long." Time. I was like, <laughs> "Wow, they they can stuff." And if if this is if this is the only thing that's been uncovered so far, there is so much deeper there, and I'm not sure what I'm not sure what to do because they they definitely know how bad it is. Uh, 
I think right now Goodell's cowering in a corner and trying to cover his ass. I think that's literally what's going on. I'm there's no way, Shiv, in my mind that Goodell didn't see those emails and decided to make Gruden the scapegoat because why not? I well, like, I don't think I think I, I think I think Gruden was the first to go, and how however that was determined, right? But I'm making right. a prediction about this whole scandal. By the end of this, Goodell's gone. He's resigning. I would love and it's that. Not even, oh, I would too. Not even because of something like Goodell said. I'm pretty sure Goodell's a pretty PC guy and keeps and set, every word that comes out of his mouth is checked by a robot first. But yeah, I'm pretty sure from the fallout of all this, he's done, man. He's done. I, I honestly, I hope so. I don't think he's a good commissioner at all, but I will agree with you there awful. for the most part. He seems like a guy who has a team behind him who knows exactly what to say and when to say it, and he doesn't ever slip up. And I guess, like, when you're in a He's a, a robot, like man. His, He's like Zuckerberg. He, he is. He is. But, I mean, you can make the argument, too. Like, in a position like that, you kind of have to be. Like, there's oh, – you yeah, can't really yeah. – you can't be too emotional as a, as a commissioner of a sport. Um, but, I mean, bro, it, it's really crazy to me because, like, again, Shannon Sharp mentioned it. John Gruden's getting all the slack right now, but the the emails that were linked to him weren't even being released either, right? So right, it's like, I wanted, like, like if, if you're so candid uh, in an email like that, what what is the response? To that the the response, yeah, and and Shannon Sharp said it too. He's like, the response isn't just, oh, um, we can't tone it down a little bit. We can't, you know, say that here. And, you know, obviously, well, whoever he was talking to in that email, it, it, that wasn't the response, right? Because he kept going, so. I don't know. There's a lot of just fishy stuff. The NFL has kind of stunk for a while when it comes to like legal cases like this um, and ethical cases like this. We could go all the way back to I think the, well, like if you look at the spectrum of sports that actually lead a, a big change, right? In, in terms of in terms of world politics, for right now, I think you know all the guys in the NBA they're definitely first, and the NFL's yeah. last. The yeah, NFL's I dead do. last. You know, yep. and I mean, if anybody played football, you kind of know, like, yeah, that, that they are definitely last. I will say, um, it might be an unpopular opinion, but I think Adam Silver does a great job with the NBA in terms of like listening to the fans and also being a progressive owner, right? Because I think a big thing, like you've seen it on Twitter, like the last two years, like flopping. Um, leaning into fouls for contact and then getting an offense or uh, a defensive foul for that, like he he changed the rule this year, right? So like that doesn't happen anymore. So oh, I think he he's like, so wait, wait, what, what's the rule? I haven't heard this. So so you know how guys like Steph Curry, they'll pump fake, they'll get the defender to jump, then they'll, they'll like jump James, into James the Harden. defender. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So that's that rule is completely canceled now. So, so if that happens, there's no, there's no foul call now. If the offensive player initiates the contact, nothing happens, and the refs won't call anything. And Thank already God. this year, I know that's see that's what I'm saying. Like as fans, we hate seeing that foul called because it's such a stupid foul. But he this year they implemented a rule to change that, and he's trained. Oh, bookies are gonna love it. this new rule. Oh my! No, so exactly, and it's awesome. And there's actually already a video on Twitter surfacing that I've seen. Um, Steph Curry's first preseason game, he tried getting the call, and the refs were not going for it at all. So I mean, it's 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 great. Like right, like that's a big thing the NBA needed to fix is their their ticky tack foul calling. Um, Too so bad it's I mean, still rigged. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could talk about that too. You could talk more about that than me, though. 
you uh, you were a big connoisseur into that like Kings Lakers finals with uh, what's his. So name? like, I, listen, I'm not the type of guy. Like, I'll give you an example. I know you know when you when you go hang out with like your dad, for example, and he's with his like old buddies. A lot of them, a lot of I know a lot of old people say, "Oh, it's rigged. It's rigged. NFL's rigged." I know for sure. I don't think any sport is rigged besides the National Basketball Association. <laughs> and what's my the highest rated referee by players and coaches tested by the FBI for <laughs> for for cheating games for the mob. Yeah. Tim Donahue got arrested for that. And that was for that exact series, the Lakers King series in 2000, 2000 um, when the Kings were in the conference finals and there was like 27 foul calls called on for, for free throws for the Lakers. And there was like eight called uh, for the Kings because they wanted, you thought about it. Like you, the, the NBA doesn't really want it. The NBA competes with the NFL and a bunch of other sports and baseball in the summer and, like, they didn't want the Kings to be in the finals. They wanted at least if the Kings were going to go to the finals for the series to go seven games. So in game mm-hmm. six, oh, my goodness. It, it's, it's a, like, when you know the fact after that, you know for a fact it was rigged. Oh, it's sickening. Like, like so that, you've, you've watched that game. You've seen, like. I watched that game. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I went, like, when, once you, once you, I think it was a 30 for 30 or something. There was a movie on it. And I was like, oh, man, I got to watch this game. And during quarantine, I watched, like, I watched a bunch of full-length games, um, partially because, like, I would go to sleep with YouTube on. And then, for some reason, if I had sports on when I sleep, I'd wake up to a full-length game. I, I'd just wake up to, like, the, the first the first full-length game I woke up to was Giants Super Bowl, which was very nice to watch. But then, like, I woke up to um, – that Cardinals game where, where Joe Buck's like, we will see you tomorrow night, right? So I was like, all right, yeah. I think I have a full-length game of this on there. And obviously during quarantine, you're not doing anything, and it, it's sickening. It's sickening. So it's really blatant, like bad calls. Like, the thing is, is like, if you were to watch that game today without knowing, obviously, that it was rigged, right, there would be a bunch of people out there complaining, like, the refs are on a side, the refs are on a side, you know? But, like, you can't but, prove that. And, like, you're not going to just yeah. – like, even if you think the ref blew a call, right? Like, the um, – like, like, for example, the, the, the replacement ref stuff, right? Like, they're right. just bad, right? Referees. You know what I mean? Like, that – like, there's – until you can actually prove that they're guilty of that, you can't just go out there and say everything's right because it doesn't go your way. Because your bet lost, you know. But yeah. you know, and I and that was this was in two thousand. So like, I, I couldn't gamble when I was one years old. So like, this is it's proven. It's proven. Point shaving too in college basketball. There's a on Netflix. There's a documentary um, about different different like illegal stuff that happened in sports. And it was about this kid who played for Arizona State. Um, he was a point, and this guy like controlled the floor. He's basically the, the like head of the team. And he got approached because a lot of these college athletes, right. They, they don't really know that they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they do. I don't know. I've never been in a college athletic meeting, but I think they know they shouldn't gamble on sports uh, and athletics. And a lot of these guys, you know, they get down bad to bookies. And back in the day, the bookies were part of the mob. Like they were connected, like they like one of the like the mob the mob members. Their kid goes to 
Ruckert's or whatever, and like mm-hmm. they, they they tell their kid to run to run the bookie shop, and they rake in a ton of money, right? Well, if these players get down bad, and I mean like down bad, like ten thousand, you know, like at least, right? They say, well, you know, and they know they can't pay it, so they say, you know, if you just make the game, you don't you don't win by more than six tomorrow, you know? And yeah. So and that's how it starts. And the whole documentary is how this guy was able to like it, like the spread was six and a half. He was able to get the game and land on six, right? And he, <laughs> he he it's crazy, right? How they're able to do that. And he did it four times until the basically the guy running the whole show, Chicago, which is really funny. Um, but he would like go to Vegas with like hundreds of thousands in cash and like go to different casino place bets. But it was like ASU playing some super crappy team, right? The spread was 15 and a half. And the thing is, is the jig was up. Like, this guy was played – he got too greedy. He tried to place a million and a half dollars on a game. Like, you're not even allowed at most casinos. If you're betting yeah. a small game, like, you got to think about this, right? When Arizona State plays, like, Presbyterian or something, like, or, you know, or, like, um, Southern Illinois plays, uh, like, Florida Atlantic or something, you know? Who will that bet on that game? And people who yeah. go to school, right? Right. Yeah. Like, I bet on NIU because I like NIU. I go to NIU, you know? I bet right. on my team. Besides that, only, like, sharp bettors are really betting on small schools like that. NIU is a bigger school, but, like, super small schools, right? right. So when a guy walks in, walks down $100,000, $200,000 in cash, like, can I get two hundred on ASU plus? What? It's like, what? <laughs> the, yeah, the books, the books just – it reeks. <laughs> it stinks. And, <laughs> the jig was up and a bunch of people just started betting on this game. And so it, it caused a red flag. Um, it, it, the thing is it ended up not covering. It ended up not – the guy got injured in the middle of the game and, like, oh, it's not covering. But the wow. FBI was – the FBI, they took the FBI. They were like, you need to investigate this game. Long story short, all these guys get popped for it. One guy gets, like, a couple years in prison. Uh, it ruined the chances of playing in the NBA. Uh, uh, which I mean, he'd fit right in. Um, think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> besides, besides that, I love basketball. Like I love basketball as a sport. College basketball, the NBA playoffs are great. But whenever, like, I watch a game without even betting on it, I have no affiliation to the teams. Like my, listen, basketball is for me. Okay, I root for the Knicks. Okay, it's it's really really sad. So when two other teams play. You watch the game, just pay attention to the refs. Pay attention to the fouls they call and when they call the fouls. So what 30 for 30 is this? Uh, it's not a 30 for 30. Let me pull it up. I'll tell you. Because uh, I definitely want to watch this. Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, I think it's called sports or something. So Tim Donahue only did 15 months in federal prison. Uh, he, I'm surprised he got prison. Because he like he read all of it out. It's called Sport on Netflix, and the episode I'm referring to is episode. It's called Hoop Schemes. Night Hoop Schemes for Arizona State basketball point shaving scandal. And point shaving, I mean, point shaving happens all the time. If you go to like Michael Francis' uh, YouTube channel, former mobster, um, he says like he's like, yeah, we. Shaving happens all the time, especially in college sports. Because these these kids, like, think about our age, right? Let's say you're down for some reason. 
probably wouldn't, but let's say you were 19 years old down bad to a bookie. No. Or even if you're not down money, here's the thing. Even if you're not down money, right? Let's say you're best friend with some guy who's got, you know, he's affiliated in some way. Right. Right. And they approach you, you know, they approach you. They're like, Hey, you know, you want to make uh, you want to make $30,000. I mean, I, I don't know how you turn that down. Right. Like, I mean, obviously ethically, no, you shouldn't. And it's illegal, but like at that age, what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. If they're showing you the money too, there's no way. Showing you the money. Get out of here. Yeah. That's awesome. So another, what do you think about Scott Foster? You think he's dirty? No, I don't think Scott Foster's dirty. Just, I don't do you, think, I, I think he does have a beef with Chris Paul, though. I think he has a beef with Chris Paul, but I don't I, – I don't know. I think I – mean, it, it, it's one of those things, right, where, like, there's trends that pop up, and, you know, it, it could be a coincidence. You're like, the chances of – what was it, like 14 straight games or something? Or what was the stat with Chris um, Paul? So – Basically, I, I don't know the full. I could pull up the full stat, but right here I have that the uh, Rockets went zero and six in playoff games, refereed by Foster. And after the game, Paul was interviewed, and he said that the officiating was Scott Foster at his finest. Six games, man. I mean, like if okay, Chris Paul, percent get it. I get he, it. He's like, two and fifteen overall in playoff games. He's played by like, Scott Foster as officiated, which is yikes. very bad, right? But. I mean, doesn't have a great track record in the past anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't have any evidence, like, besides the fact that, yes, 15 is a very alarming stat, and I bet some stat guys back and went through all, but... <laughs> Probably watched I don't, every play, yeah. He watched every single play. <laughs> like, I don't have any actual evidence to say Foster's doing something dirty, no, but I... I mm. the, my first instinct was, like, Chris Paul, you just need to... You just need to uh, win off games before you can before you can start blaming Scott Foster. But um, poor gets the finals loses. Oh, poor dude, he's <laughs> never gonna win a championship. I feel bad for him. Yeah, he, Is it, he could he could have he could have, and then uh, David Stern rejected him. Kobe, and you know what's funny about that trade too? That trade could totally happen today. Yeah, it really was totally happened like, today. The, the Lakers were giving up a lot. Like, right. I think there was like a, I think it was a second round pick. Pau Gasol, who at the time was a top five power forward. And then Lamar Odom, who was just coming off his six man of the year run. So, like, they traded away three players for this dude. And what was the trade for um, James Harden? Right? Like, wasn't that trade, Matt? Or did he get um, uh, signed? No, James Harden um, left in free agency to Houston. Oh, he left in free agency. Okay. In 2013-14, I think was the year he left. Um, Are you saying, like, another trade that was super lopsided? Like, didn't didn't OKC or some give Paul George – did Paul George get traded to OKC, right? Yeah, Paul George got traded to OKC um, from Indiana. The first round pick, and that that did not go well. That um, did not maybe, go well. Maybe I mean, let's see. 
I remember I mean, seeing Chris, that. Dude, listen, to, but Chris Paul got traded to the Clippers for Eric Gordon, right? Who was like, okay, right? At the time, he was young. Mm-hmm. Alfred Camino, just he was all right. Player. Chris Kamen, role player. And then a okay. Timberwolves unprotected pick in 2012. That Timberwolves pick probably sounds like a top five pick. Yeah. That's but, crazy. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good pick. I don't know. I, don't, I, think, I think that move to, that move to L.A., though, was like – for the Clippers, yeah, I, definitely it didn't pan out, but it didn't pan <laughs> out. But but I would take my chances again, you know. If you yeah, time for over, sure. I think that Chris Paul then Blake, it was electric. It was fun to watch. That team, their roster. If you look at their roster and uh, the primes, like all their primes were lining up at the same time, and the fact that they didn't go further than the Western, or actually the. Uh, uh, what's before the Western Conference Finals, the divisional round? Uh, it's just the it's the conference semifinal. So listen to this team on the on the same team. They had Chris Paul. They had Karan Butler. They had Eric Bledsoe. Okay, Dang. mind you, okay. a young Eric Bledsoe. They had an older Chauncey Billups, but he was still a still solid Ch- player. Billups, right? Matt Barnes, Jamal Crawford. <laughs> Willie Green, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Prime, and Lamar Odom. That's a solid team. That's a very solid team. Out of all those guys I named, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think five of them have all star appearances. Right. So, like, the fact that that team didn't. Honestly, the fact that that See, that's the thing, though, in the NBA, though, you got to think about it, right? Like, this is why I, like, we live in Illinois, right? A lot of Bulls fans out here. Eddie and I aren't really, you know, Bulls fans. Eddie's a Lakers fan. I'm a Knicks fan, but, you know, I, I like the Bulls. I go to Bulls games. Um, but they're all hyped up right now about the ball they think that the <laughs> – They think that the – they think that the Bulls are going to go to the fucking finals and that they're going to win the championship. No, no, no. And I'm no. like, listen, listen, the Bulls have a solid team, right? They yeah. they got a they got a verge superstar. They uh, they got a couple good solid players, right? But you need a superstar to yeah. win in this yeah, league. Yeah, for sure. I 100% agree with you. The one thing I'll give to Bulls fans is this is the first time that they've been excited for a season. Yeah. So like I get why they're super excited, right? Like to to get it's just to sign on to be real with yourself, brother. Don't no, get no, yeah, the finals. Sure. Like yeah, like I've heard it all too, believe me, but to sign Lonzo Ball, to get DeMar DeRozan in a trade, um, to sign a guy like Caruso, a solid, you know, wing player. And then last year they picked up uh uh Nikola Vucevic. Right? Caruso is my favorite signing. <laughs> By a mile. Just cause he, just cause, why? Because he's an undrafted guy or just because of how he looks? All of it. Undrafted guy, <laughs> how he looks. Dude's a baller, right? My spirit animal in the NBA is Jared Dudley. All right? You remember I told you about Jared Dudley, right? Jared yeah. Dudley was able to stay on a roster for 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't even – that's the funny part about Jared Dudley. He never even like sugarcoated. He goes, "I'm just gonna do my job, right? Do do my five minutes, 
exactly. do my five minutes and, and, and clock in and clock out. I'm in the NBA, baby. Like that, that's, that's exactly if I pictured myself in the NBA, that's what I'd be as Jared Dudley. Let's be realistic. It, let's be realistic for sure. One of the, it, it's actually kind of funny you bring that up though, because when I started watching basketball, I think I started in like the 07, 08 season. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of Kobe's prime. And then those years that he had to go through Phoenix every year. And one of the players on Phoenix who was a deadly three-point shooter at the time was Jared Dudley. And I remember not liking Jared Dudley as a kid because twice, I think, in the Western Conference Finals, the Suns played the Lakers. Uh, he clutched Lakers up hard. Yeah. And so um, he was a guy, I'm Shannon Fry, that's another guy who was on that team, who, like, down the road in his career, he was just kind of on rosters, but, like, no one understood why. But he was a solid player. They were scrappy, man. So, I don't know, a lot of respect to Jared Dudley for sure. You know any story I heard this week? What? Evan Ingram said that Jerron Curse punched him in the face after the game. After the game? After the game. It, I'm like – and then he responded – uh, he responded to the sucker punch claim because I don't think this was caught on camera at all. Uh, but it said Giants tight end Evan Ingham claims that the 44 to 20 slapping and knockout was followed by a sucker punch, or as Evan Ingram puts it, with a grand, I can't say that word, a baby punch. Uh, and tells the tale of an interaction with that he drew on Kirsten. And then uh, Kirsten, boy, I said I punched. Well, he's nuts. I <laughs> I think that happened. I think your Giants are just a little salty, bro. Oh, they can, were, can dude. They were. Can you can bad. you ask me that it though? Was really bad. Listen, you were, first of all, let me clear something up. Off. You were a little bit. You were a little bit heated. I'm pissed off. And I wasn't yeah, even I was going bad, at dude. you. I was. I, I was know, trying to be I know, kind. I know. When I made that I comment, I was strictly talking about your team because not only did Kadarius Tony have a dirty play in the game, he did. Right, he threw a punch. But Leonard Williams, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, had another unnecessary roughness call, and he just kind of like bulldozed over one of our linemen, like for no. So this is this is the part. This is the I misunderstood what you said because I didn't see that play. I was like in my kitchen making a sandwich. I didn't see that. I didn't see that play. And then you texted me, and I'm like, "What does this guy want from?" (laughs) I'm so angry. My my quarterback is out. My running back is out. My three wide receivers are out, including Kadarius Tony now. Um, a two old linemen and like, oh, it was just, it's brutal. Like, I listen, guys probably weren't going to win the, but having losing all those players just doesn't, it just sucks. It just I mean, sucks. yeah, it was, it was kind of like, it was super anticlimactic after everything that happened. It was because it was one of those year. Giants Cowboys games where the Cowboys were up, but the Giants were always like, they were just getting there, right? And they were like, in when, there, when, yeah. And when they scored that game, then when Jones got hurt. Like if Jones didn't get hurt, I was like, I was gonna be off my rocker, man. First I was, of all, like, I was excited. Like, let's talk about that. Like the Daniel Jones injury was a hundred percent on Daniel Jones. He shouldn't be diving there. Like I respect the hustle and the heart, but if you're a franchise QB, that's a play that sometimes you just got to take the L on. Yeah, um, I didn't think there was any. I think he. I mean, I didn't think there was any malicious intent. No, he he went ahead first. He went ahead. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. And that's what His Daniel Jones does. The, I mean, the dude needs to learn how to dive. Properly, because that every time I've seen this multiple times where he just like it's like he jumps, it's like when you're a kid and you jump on your bed, like he jumps like shoulder first, like 
just straight into the other player. And I'm like, what do you expect them to like, how do you expect to land after you do something like that? Yeah. But I yeah. love his heart. I love the kid's heart. Yeah. I, uh, I like to play, like, believe me, from a football fan perspective, like I get it. You're trying to get that extra yard and score, but sometimes you just got to take the L and understand that there's a bigger picture. Now, I do think he's going to play this week. Do you know? I haven't really been yeah. keeping track. Yes, apparently, yes. I saw a report this morning. Dude, he looks going to play. Fucky. He looks... <laughs> <laughs> that he boy got sent to the third dimension. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was like... He was concussed. Like you, oh, When he got up, you knew that man was concussed. I, I was reading this that. article from The Athletic, and it was like, Daniel Jones is expected to play. Here's what the con- like. What is the concussion protocol? <laughs> I was like, Yeah, man. What is this? Yeah, I four thought it was five a step protocol that like. So the concussion protocol isn't an exact timeline. Rather, it's like once you pass each initial step, once you pass the steps in order, is when you're cleared to go. So it's not like there's a there's no set timeline on on like the initial play. So I don't know what happened, but I mean, I guess he's playing, but he has no one back there. Uh, <laughs> It's we're playing the Rams this week, uh, at, and at Daniel Jones at home too. For some reason, just he just isn't there. Um, I'm scared. I'm genuinely uh, this week. I mean, this. Me and you talked about this at the beginning of the year. This was the year for Daniel Jones to prove himself, right? It's year three. He's had his two years of okay, like mental errors, rookie mistakes. That's fine. He's young. Year three is the year where every quarterback is make or break, right? I mean, I think he played he, – yeah, he didn't play he's, good he's, in the first two games. The, the one thing I'll say, he's minimized turnovers this year, which is always yes. a step in direction. Yes. He hasn't been fumbling the ball or, uh, or um, throwing interceptions at a high rate this year. He does look a lot better. It hasn't translated, sadly, into wins because, I mean, there, there's still a lot of team – kind. Of, also, I don't think – the Giants coaching is very good. That's oh, well, yeah. I hate the offensive coordinator with a passion. Yeah, um, I love him. But I love that he's on the Giants. Of course now. you do. <laughs> but will you will you finally admit that I was right about Dak Prescott? My God. Yeah, I was, you were you were right for sure. I, I this guy that. is that was a good he's take. got it. He's got it. Yeah, he's your guy. He's, he's got it. He's our guy. Um it's just sad that I he guess has to break it, his ankle for him to actually get paid. Like, I think he deserved the right to get paid before. Like, I think the way the Cowboys go about signing players is uh, just don't like Jerry Jones. It's, def- it, it's definitely wrong. Like, I mean, I was really shocked when they cut Jalen Smith in week four. Like, that's just – Well, no, that, that was different. Uh, they did that with Jalen Smith and the um, – and Stephon Gilmore. Similar where it's just they're not going to play for the team. And it's just easier because I think the guarantee is up for them to like either cut them or like trade them for. It's just easier for them to cut them, and then they can go sign wherever they want, essentially. Okay, I get what you're saying, right? Like that makes sense in the business side, but why why not just do that in the beginning of the year then? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like if it's a money thing. Why are you going to not – and I, it didn't affect him in the Giants game, and it didn't seem like there was any, like, team chemistry issues. But, like, that – Jalen Smith was a captain of the defense in his first four weeks with the Cowboys. Like, so was Stephon Gilmore. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Play, so, like, I mean, Jalen Smith at least paid, played. So, even in Stephon Gilmore's case, too, right? Like, why wait till week four? Why not just – He had time? falling out with Belichick. 
Okay. The, the thing is, I didn't know, is so I don't know much about the Gilmore story. I can speak more about the Jalen Smith side. Well, no, go, go ahead. ahead and talk about Jalen Smith because I actually don't know what's going. On. Well, ba- like basically, what happened, how good he was on the Cowboys. So last year he was terrible um, during COVID. He couldn't. Uh, he was getting killed in coverage, and that was his biggest issue. Um, he was just slowing down, and it was really evident in film. And anytime you watch him play, he just looks slower. And so going into this year, obviously drafting Micah, um, signing Keanu Neal and moving him to the linebacker spot, there was already a lot of talk about Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch being out the door uh, anyway. But my thing is, like, if you're going to keep the guy on the roster and he's not playing, I think he was playing something like 46 to 50% of the snaps, so he wasn't even the full-time starter anymore. But this is a guy who's, like, leading your huddle. He's he's out there, you know, giving his all. He's your team leader, really vocal on defense. And so, for me, it was a little interesting why they did it in the timing, right? And I know before the season, he has a ton, a ton of guaranteed money coming up next year because Jerry made an idiotic Jerry move and gave him a ton of money when he made the Pro Bowl. And they tried to restructure his contract at the beginning of the year, but he declined. Uh huh. So, okay. so like, you know, he's declining restructuring his contract, right? Like, why not just cut ties right there? Why, why wait four weeks, and then like, kind of fuck up some? Like, it's like one of those things. Like, listen, if we were losing games and you cut him in week four, fine. Okay. Do whatever right. You but do, right? but uh-huh. like, but you're in a good spot right now. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, my whole thing from a fan's perspective is like. Look, I get it, right? It's a business. You need to, mm-hmm. you want to cut ties with him. You're paying too much. But then, if you already knew he didn't want to restructure his contract at the beginning of the year, why didn't you just cut ties with him then, right? So, like for me, that was my thought process on Jalen Smith, and I thought it was similar with Gilmore, but apparently not. So, uh, you could, t- I, I would love to hear about Stephon Gilmore. What's going on there? Well, I, so uh, let me make sure that you just right. Because um, I'm pretty. I want to make sure you got. You actually got traded to Carolina. Okay. But like, this is why I love Bill Belichick. Number one, Belichick. Two goals. He's got history here. Um, but <laughs> uh, he's at heart, so I lost the suit. Um, but uh, no, so let. Does this with almost all of his players? Bill Belichick has like different price on all the players than everybody else does, right? Because he's GM too, right? So he makes all the moves. And uh-huh. one of those things, like you remember that year? Um, it was like well, even the year that they went to the Super Bowl against the and won, and then like the next year, remember how everyone was talking like this team is just full of undrafted rookies and like pickups on you know what I mean like it's it's not your traditional building of a squad right your first two three four round draft picks you build them up you decide a couple good players and now you build he's a money ball guy and for football he finds guys that are that you can and he knows they have really good potential and you know what if they don't work out you just you pay them the minimum anyway right yeah Uh Stephon Gilmore Elite, elite cornerback, right? But the second that you have a falling out with him, or he believes that 
find someone to replace you, which it's tough to say for good cornerbacks, especially cornerbacks are so, so valued now in a pass-heavy league. But he's the type of guy where he will not hesitate to give you. He does not know how good you are. I mean, he tried to get rid of Brady with Garoppolo. That, that, that whole debacle, this is way before Brady actually left, right? Like, Belichick tried to get rid of Brady for Garoppolo after it was a couple seasons after Brady broke his and they went like 11 and 5 with uh, quarterback. Uh, the year Brady broke, they went 11 and 5. Um, Hoyer? Matt. Matt Castle. Oh, God. So, he went in five with Castle and missed the playoffs. That was crazy. You can't go 11 and five and you. With you Matt Castle as your starter. <laughs> Matt Castle as your starter. Playoffs. What do you think? So what do you think about. Uh, we haven't talked about this, but what do you think about Belichick cutting Cam at the beginning of the year? And loved it. Like, you loved it? Like, not as, like, I mean, I have nothing against Cam Newton. Uh, I, I, I really, so you, honestly, you just I thought, hope... like, you just thought Mac Jones was the future and, like, that's the direction they should go. I have a bet on Mac Jones to win Rookie of the Year. It's not looking good, but, I mean, I, like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the mindset I had going into the draft, right? Okay. But, so, um... even, so, scratch the bet. You don't have that bet on the table. Do you still feel that way about Mac Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I made the bet was right um, okay okay but it's one of those things where it was evident midway through the season last year that cam newton was out in new england like whether it was a scheme fit and number two i think cam's personality didn't really gel well with with belichick so that might trip people up about the line of logic signing of cam was a great signing in terms of the idea of it right we get yeah. a guy who's got something to prove. We need a, we need a guy to fill in a role. Like, Belichick's whole plan was to draft a quarterback. Cam, obviously, he signed a one year for a reason. Like, Cam was supposed to be the Cam Newton became the guy, and they did a great season. Well, then we can rid him. But if it was now, then we can just get rid of him. I'm surprised that – oh, actually, I'm not surprised because, like, the, it didn't work out. They draft Mac Jones, right? have two competing bodies for quarterback mm-hmm. and it kind of still gives cam newton something to to fight for right and cam newton right he said publicly if i'm not a starter i don't want to play which is fair completely yeah. fair the guy went 15 yep. to 1 he went to the super bowl like to me i i think cam newton he even said this on i forgot where it was like some showtime thing where he was like you're saying i'm not better than the other really and it, it's an argument, and like people can make that argument with you know whatever his decline in, in passing over the past few years, sure. But that mentality you kind of need that, right? And it was halfway through camp that he wasn't going to start, and it was it was one of those you're not going to start. I know you don't want to be if you're not going to start. It's probably going to create an issue, right? Right. We'll let you go, and hopefully you can find another place to play. Uh, there may have been some sort of spite, or I don't know if they're falling out between the two. To me, if I had a plan, I don't want to play. I'm not going to start. And then to me, it became evident that I want to start this rookie kick because he's got a lot of potential. All right, yeah, I'll let you go. Yeah, I think uh, 
at least from my perspective, it doesn't seem like Cam Newton's the type of guy to just be cool with being a backup to a rookie. No. Um, like, like for sure that had to be do something with it, but I don't know how well he got along with Belichick either. Also, Cam Newton is not Belichick's quarterback prototype. Not at all. Like, not a he. Belichick struggled last year calling like a run type offense for his QB. Like a yeah, struggling this year too. I think it's more because player personnel, like right, like the the Patriots. Yeah, his really, team just his team is just not that. Yeah, his his team wasn't there to begin with this year, so I don't put it too much on the rookie QB, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess the best thing we could say about Belichick is, let's say he's – I don't know how long he's going to stick around because he honestly could retire now if he wanted to and be the greatest coach ever. But um, I would love retire. to see he, – he, no, just because of what Brady did. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I didn't um, win. He could retire. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, so I guess that's kind of where I'm leaning to now is I'm excited to see what he does with a rebuild because I haven't really ever seen a Belichick rebuild. So um, we'll see how it goes. The next three, four years should be interesting how the Patriots progress. But they suck this year. Cowboys have them this week. Good. So that'll be at New England, right? Yeah, and you know what's fucked? So I think the Giants, do they play the Bucks, right? The Rams. The Giants play the the Eagles play the Bucks and the uh, football team play the Bucks plays, nice. and the, the football, football team, team plays, plays the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs. So that's a tough week for everyone except the boys. Listen, I don't so, care what people say. Okay, we're the only division. All right. Listen, that that and the NFC North is worse this year. I think they are. Yeah, I'll say one thing. The Vikings should have won two of those games. How about But, man, I feel close they've been. Yeah. Lost to the Ravens because of the longest field goal ever, which thank God to the Ravens because they kept me alive in my survivor. Justin Tucker, if I'm in my survivor, I, 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 owe, I owe you a lot of money. But, uh, like, they lost the longest field goal ever. And then they were able to have the lead with like 30 seconds against the Vikings. And they, oh, yeah, it's just it's a typical bad team type deal. Like, <laughs> the way that they find a way to lose they like 40 yards and then they make the field goal. Uh, oh, my. Like, it, do you think, it's do just, you think the Lions can go 0 16 this year? 0 17? No. I really do. Your coach cries on, on a. On a press conference, uh, <laughs> you you're gotta winning. win. You're winning. <laughs> winning the next you week. gotta fucking win. If they don't play their heart out, they should all and get cut. The Bengals too, who like the Bengals. Joe Burrow is, you know, he's so good, so good. Yeah. But the 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 with the Bengals is that like they took Chase over an alignment, which you know you can make arguments for both sides. I see both sides of the argument. One side is that's his. Buddy, they get along together, and look how much they're producing right now. Yeah, the other side of it is, is he's going to get murdered. Like you yeah. see what happened last year. It's like you got to put this guy in position to win. Yeah. He got hurt last week. I think he's playing this week. He but, is. What uh, I don't, I don't know how bad it is. We'll see. Um, yeah, he got sent to hospital. I, I don't even know what happened. He, I think, uh, I think some his calf or hamstring, something on his leg, but. 
I mean, the the Bengals to me this year, they're a team that's they're a solid football team. Like, um, you definitely don't want to play them like at at home. That's definitely a team you don't want to see. But at the same time, too, this year they've been kind of playing down to competition. And I think that's just because they're young. Like the Bears game, they struggled to put up offense till the fourth quarter. Yeah, but um, you know what's funny about that Bears game? He threw literally Joe Burrow threw three straight picks. One of them was a pick six, and they lost by three points. Yeah, they still should have won. <laughs> three. So all those bad. interceptions were in their own territory. I have him in fantasy in one league, and that game was bad. He killed me. Bengals plus three and a half. Bang. That was nice. That was real nice. I needed that. I, I thought it was over. They, they Bengals play the Lions this week. Take the Lions. Take the three and a half points. Take the money line. Let's get some winners. Who else are you, you like? This week? You like the – well, obviously, I'm taking New England. Um, <laughs> what is it? Four and, and a half points. Four and a half. I – I don't know. I, I they're at home. They're at home. Think about it. Think about it. Though. I know they are at home, but they're five. The Cowboys are five and zero against the spread. This oh, that's year. perfect. Oh, perfect. I didn't even see that. I, I I genuinely think four and a half is actually a little disrespectful, considering how bad this Patriots team is. You don't we'll see people don't realize people don't realize how bad this Patriots team is, uh, because the one primetime game they had, they played Tom Brady, and of course it's going to be close. Of course, it's going to be a fucking close game. Of course, Tom Brady needs a game-winning drive. That was just set in stone. Anyone who knew anything about football knew that was going to happen. But this is a game where the Patriots are facing an offense that they really haven't seen this year besides the Bucs, right? Like, And Belichick knows how to game plan against Brady, so it makes sense why that game was so close. But I don't know. I just don't see the Patriots being able to hang with the Cowboys' offense. I just don't see it happening. Cowboys, I, I, see, uh, Cowboys I love how you knew that, too. You, I know you didn't have to look that up. You were like, Cowboys are 5-0 against the spread. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You know why? Because I've actually picked against them twice this year. Yeah. No, um, yeah no. In the in the Panther game, I picked the Panthers to cover, which was also four, four and a half. And then um, what other game? The Eagles, I didn't think the Eagles were going to cover. Um. They killed the Eagles. That they was bad. that was really bad. And you know what's funny? I don't. What What do you think about the Eagles this year? I don't really know what to make of them because they played like oh, shit. I love us, them tonight. But... I absolutely love them tonight. What's the spread? Oh damn! Um, where'd you get them? Seven. At? Seven. You got them at seven. Mm-hmm. That's big time. Um, but uh, speaking of spreads. Because I would be in deep stuff if I didn't get these picks in by five. I mean, I'm in this big pool with a uh, shout out to Tyler Tuttle uh, that we won last year. So uh, we need to get these picks in. But uh, I, I think I think the Eagles are one of the like I don't like coach. I think you know it's going to be the this is all dependent on. I think. Yeah, a lot of it, and I don't really know how good he is either. Some weeks he'll look. Really clean and smooth in the pocket, and then other weeks he looks terrible. He did not look too good against the Cowboys. He did have a couple of nice throws, though. So, uh, what? You think one team, you got to pick one team. Who you got? Hold on. Let me look up the games, um, and then I'll give you a solid answer. Just give me a second. Right now, I'm going to have to decide. 
the next 10 minutes. Flip-flopping between bolts and honestly, I mean, I'm not going to take it, but I know how bad the Giants' uh, injuries are, but I'm probably going to take what, bolts. What's the spread? Seven and a half? The Giants' spread? Yeah. Seven and a half. What's the, whole team's very What's the spread of the Packers Bears game? Four and a half. So you want you want a lock, huh? You want a Stu Finer mortal lock? I want a Stu Finer mortal lock. It's only a money line, right? Okay, so money line pick. I want. I need to see these lines. Hold on. I'm looking at just the scores, but I want to see the lines. That'll give me a better idea. Q Jeopardy music. This week, Vegas. The Colts are minus ten in Houston. Jesus Christ. I mean, I know, but 10's a lot in the NFL game. Oh, yeah. Um, take Vegas. Take the Eagles. Take Patriots. Plus four. Come on. Give me, Give me a better number, man. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts. You know, honestly, too, from a, just a straight standpoint, not even uh, – not even. Can you not take the Rams? I really – no. You can take the Rams. You can take the Rams. I hate to do it to you. I think the Rams is – I think Rams is – I'm, I'm a, in a toss-up between the Rams and the Packers. Um, Packers? I, you take the Packers driver pool? I, I just don't – I don't see how they lose to the Bears. I just don't see it. I get the, I get, I get how they're, I get all that shit. Believe Trisky. me, Rodgers just plays out of his mind against Chicago. He never loses. Yeah, I understand. Do you see, they asked Justin Field at uh in pregame, pre or post practice interview this week. What they? Well, yeah, yeah, I saw a clip on Twitter, but I didn't actually watch it. What what? They they asked him if the Bears are like Michigan in the Big Ten in comparison to Ohio State, right? Because and like, which is such a stupid question to ask a, a quarterback who went to Ohio State for the yeah, like and he knows how much they hate. he was he was completely unamused. He didn't even like budge at all. But like the reporters all start reporters laughing. Reporters started dying he, laughing, right? They they were dying laughing, and he's just sitting there with his like, you know, the LeBron Game Six look. He had yeah. that look in his eye. So maybe I shouldn't. Nah, go Rams. Fuck that. I'm going cold. <laughs> Field, Rams. Fields got a chip on his shoulder. I got my play. Thank God. Oh, dude, I'd be I'd be in deep stuff. Because uh, right, it's a big pool, but, but we're stuff. good. But I think, you know, here's what I think about the Bears. I, I think, number one, now it's solidified that uh, Fields is starting. And that, you know what's yeah. funny, though? Fields hates Matt Nagy. 
You've seen that, right? He hates Matt Nagy. I haven't seen, he doesn't, I haven't seen so any th- of that. There was a what, clip on Twitter where he's like, Matt Nagy's like screaming at him, right? Nagy thing where he like, raw. he's all rah-rah. Like, here's the thing. Mike Tomlin's a good coach, and he's a rah-rah coach. Matt Nagy is not a coach, but he's a rah-rah coach. Like, if Matt Nagy was screaming in my face, he, he'd tell him to fuck off. If Mike Tomlin was screaming in my face, I'd go to war, I'd go to war for this guy. Like, Mike Tomlin's the type of coach you want to go to war for. I don't see anybody in that line go to war with for Matt Nagy. But, like, when it, when it comes to Lazor, the, the, the guy who actually calls plays, he's, he's attentive, he's listening, he's on the iPad, like, he, he's drawing the plays, you know. I think Fields has a ton of potential. I don't think we, we disagree on that. I think Fields no. can Fields can yeah. be a good quarterback, but this next these next years are crucial. I think the Bears, regardless, like, like let's say a situation it's not going to happen, right? The Bears win every game, right? You fire Matt Nagy. I don't care. He's he's yeah. not he's not a coach for the Chicago Bears. He just shouldn't. No. He's not a coach for the Chicago Bears, and he's proven already that he can't develop a quarterback. And that's really what the Bears need right now. Also, on top of that, in the next two years, I need to see the Bears committing to Justin Fields and drafting him a fucking O-line. For the love oh, of God. Yeah, please. Like, for, the, for the love of God. Like, I hear Bears fans all the time. I get shit for the Cowboys and how they have a great O-line. It's like, oh, that's why your players are good because you have this O-line. It's like, dude, they drafted for that. Like, that's what you – the Bears Oh, just, right. Like, that's what you're – like, you're not – The Bears you consistently, really, just, consistently yeah. for, like, at least 10 years haven't put an, a good O-line around their quarterbacks, and their quarterbacks end up either, A, getting killed and retiring early, like Jay Cutler, or, B, they end up leaving in two to three years because they don't get developed. They can't get developed. They're getting chased by defensive ends their entire career. I can't so, wait for Mitch Trubisky to start a game. I cannot wait because, you know what? He, that he's he's going to happen. It's gonna happen. He's played a little bit with uh, Buffalo. He looked good. And he looked all right. Yeah. He threw a touchdown pass actually that week that they like. I don't know if it was last week or the week. No, it wasn't last week. But the week it's before, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, they were they were like I don't know. Was it the Dolphins? Yeah. They were murdering the Dolphins. They shut them out. Him in. And they threw Mitch Trubisky in. And threw he, him in there. Threw a touchdown. Shovel and I was, I was with my buddy Mike, who's a huge Bears fan, and you were like, bitch. Because, <laughs> you know, like some Bears fans still like Mitch Trubisky. They do. But the majority of them, they, they hate his guts. And I think I think 80% of the Mitch Trubisky fallout had to do with the and the way the Bears, like, developed them, and 20% his ability. Because if you're, if you're the quarterback, like, you need the support. You need, the, you need a lot of things to go right. Too, you know? 100%. Like, I just watched the America's game on the um, on the 2001 Patriots, like the, the first Patriots Super Bowl uh, with, with Brady. And, like, you, you looked at the way, like, once Brady got thrown in, like, how much the team, like, surrounded him, helped him, guided him. Like, even, even Belichick, he's a stern, he's a stern, cold guy, right? But he still was, like, you didn't see that many times of them in all the footage from that from that from that uh, hour movie of them really like getting into it and like in, in that type of deal. You saw Matt Nagy screaming at Mitch Trubisky almost the entire game for the past two years. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just I, it's just the difference in coaching, to be honest. It is for sure. So all right, to be honest. You think? You think? Oh God, this hurts coming out of my mouth. You think the Cowboys are gonna win the Super Bowl? 
I was actually so before we talk about that, I'm I'm very willing to talk about that. But the first thing I wanted to ask you before we get into that okay. is, what do you think? Who right now is the best team in the NFL to you? Real tough to say, but I will have to go with right now to me. It's the Rams. You think, think the Rams? Okay. Here's the with the Rams' biggest problem was that they could not. Number one, Jared Goff wasn't the guy, and yeah, for sure. And number and number two, the defense was was just it, it was it would it would turn on and then it would turn off. You know what I mean? I think yeah. If this as long as defense the way it is can stay together. And, and, you know, you have the – arguably to me, Aaron Donald as a player is the best player in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, his, sure. he's the best, right? Ramsey, very, very, very good uh, number one cornerback, right? Like, right. if that defense can stay together, Stafford is, like, blooming. Stafford yeah. is a new man. I mean, he's out of Detroit, that, that, that hellhole. Like, yeah. he – I think the Rams in terms of – in the in the NFC especially, their biggest competition is obviously the Bucks, and it's one of those yeah. things where the Bucks probably have a higher likelihood of winning that game now if they get the home field advantage because of the way the Bucks look. Like the Bucks look unstoppable, right? But it that the the problem with them is they have the number one run defense in the league, which is very very good if you want to win a championship but they're i believe they're like near dead last in passing in the defense. passing game yeah and if they don't fix that and i know a lot of that has to do with short term injuries right now but that's also part of the reason why i'm taking the eagles tonight but um i think the rams if the rams win that nfc championship game because that's what i think it's going to come down to is is the rams bucks in the nfc I think they can pretty much take anybody in the AFC. I mean, I think you, what are your leaders in the AFC right now? You got the Bills? Uh, yeah, the so. can get it together. Um, I mean, maybe Baltimore? What do you think Baltimore can be so put in that class? I, I, agree with, I agree with you in the NFC uh, with the Rams. I think that they're the best team in the NFC, but I actually think that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in football right now. I, um, I could see that's a fair argument. I, 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 th- I think, uh, again, their competition hasn't been great oh, they played this the year uh and the chiefs look terrible though man they yeah don't they look, did they, they don't, they look, don't look the same same. no they they're, don't look good they're, they're sitting at two and three now and even in their two wins they barely beat the browns okay and i don't think the browns are that good again this year and uh who else had they did they scrape by um no they they, they 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 beat the eagles right uh, so that, that's not an easily. impressive win to me right no but so it's not an impressive win right so, so for me, I think right now the team to beat in the NFC is the Rams. And I think at some point, I think that in the divisional game, the Cowboys are going to play the Rams. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and then, but I, I just, right now, I don't see anybody beating the Bills. Like if you, if there was a three game series in the NFL, I think the Bills would be almost every team. Yeah, man. Do, do you, last year, what everybody was saying when the Bills were coming to the playoffs, everybody loved the Bills. They were yeah. like, these Bills are unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I, I I, think there's a little, there's a hole in the back. And, like, Josh Allen's an absolute stud. An absolute stud of a player. And yeah. if that defense can turn on, and that's why I say I, I 100% get your point, is that the, the Bills can be the team that wins the Super Bowl this year. 
but yeah. it's one of those lingering things where I don't know if, like, I don't know how to praise the McDermott. I don't know if he's, if he's the caliber. Really, we'll have to make another judgment around week eight, week nine, week ten. I Maybe agree with you. I, I agree with you, too. Their one loss is to the Steelers. It was a tight game. Week one, but, too. Week yeah, one. Week one, so it's like, okay. You kind I, of throw that. Yeah, but, I mean, every other game they've dominated. Like I mean, really, through. what really is going to start with this conversation is probably it's going to be an ongoing thing on this pod is once we get to December is really when the predictions really matter. Is it that, is. Because mm-hmm. if your team – you make a comparison to a team, right? A team could be – they could have four losses, but if those four losses are in weeks one through eight, it, it doesn't really matter because that team's probably the best team in football right now. Right, right. Here, here's the thing with the Bills, too. Like, their schedule stinks. Next week – so they play the Titans this week. But after the Titans, listen to this. They play the Dolphins, who stink, the Jaguars, Ooh. the Jets, who stink, the Colts, who are okay, the Saints, who I don't know what to make of the Saints, the Patriots, who stink. Then they play the Bucks. That's their best game remaining. Then they play the Panthers, who I don't think are as good as they are, the Patriots again, the Falcons, who suck, and the Jets again, who suck. So they don't have to play anybody, really. So they yeah, should. When I, was looking at, when I was looking at my power ratings, they had the easiest strength of schedule for the main Yeah. I, they should finish thirteen and four or twelve and five around there, if that. Maybe even fourteen and three. But I just until the playoffs, I guess basically is when we'll find out who the Bills really are. But then going back to your question, can the Cowboys win the Super Bowl? I think that the Cowboys need to win a divisional game before we can talk about that. <laughs> See, if you're, not, you're not a normal Cowboys fan because every other Cowboys are like, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. You've, Dude, been, you've been through it. You've been through yeah, it. You know. I've, I've seen this before, believe me. I saw this in 2016 with the Dak Z Cowboys uh, rookie year. They went 13-3. and three. They looked great, and then they couldn't beat Rodgers. Uh, same thing right. that happened in, in 2014, 12-4. They were beating everybody. Divisional game, they can't be Rodgers. Um, I, again, like I said, I really think the divisional game this year is going to be the Cowboys-Rams. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Well, it depends. The, yeah, it really depends on who plays in the wild card and who keeps the divisional round because if the Cowboys go to the wild card, they could play the box potentially or the Rams. Um, but right. if, I think against either again, of those teams – well, go ahead, go ahead. I asked you. Uh, no, again, too, I, I kind of forgot to mention them, but the Cardinals can easily upset the Rams in a wild card game. I could definitely see that happening if that comes down to it. Um, but, yeah, dude, to answer that, like, not well, let's gas the brakes a little bit. They're playing well. I want, the, I want to see the Cowboys kill the Patriots. I want to see them play the Chiefs well and beat the, uh, the Chiefs. And then um, – Besides the Chiefs, their schedule's pretty easy. It's they, mm-hmm. they don't got too much yeah, competition. But um I mean they get the Saints, that'll be a solid game in New Orleans. So yeah, I th- I think uh Through the laws I, of the transitive property, you have to beat the Saints. Yeah. But yeah. the way yeah, I see the Cowboys, uh, you're never gonna hear me say Cowboys are gonna win the Super Bowl out of my mouth. But the way I see them losing though is it, because really of not gonna be because of Dak, not gonna be because of Zeke. It's gonna be because of Mike yeah. McCarthy's a loser. Yeah, Mike a loser. McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Think about this, right? Yes, he's won a Super Bowl, 
Mike McCarthy had arguably one of the most talented QBs of all time, and he won one Super Bowl. One. Yeah. Like. That's true. We've said this before. And I think when he, Mike McCarthy gets in those pressure situations, I just don't think. <laughs> I think it's all apart. Like last year when he went for it on Thanksgiving on his own 30 on fourth and eight or whatever, they were only down like two touchdowns. Went for it on his own on his own uh, twenty five yard line, like stuff like that, where it's like, dude, come on! I know no book in analytics says to do that. <laughs> you know, the course is, oh, you know, it's an analytic play. You got to go for it on fourth and one. Yeah, I get that. You said fourth and eight on your own twenty. <laughs> okay, but mm-hmm. I, for now, I mean, look, look at the regular season schedule. It, it looks like they're gonna they have a chance to fight for that that uh, that division that that bye week. Yeah, and uh, it'd be really interesting to see. I think, yeah, you, like you said, the crew games are it's the Chiefs, and who, who's the other tough team you play? Really, besides the Chiefs, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I thought the Patriots were going to be a tough game, but that was to be true. They played the Vikings, who stink really. Um, I had the Broncos, I guess. The, the Broncos are we'll solid. They, they play the Raiders, who I don't know what to make out of them after last week's game. Oh, the cards. They play the cards. That'll be a really good game. Well, one quick thing I'll say about the Cardinals is they're on a roll right now. I It's one of those things where, like, yeah, their defense played well. Yeah, their, their defense played well against the 49ers, so let's pump the brakes on saying their defense is that good. Yeah. But uh, it, I just don't think, you know, you, you, you put – there's a difference between a regular season game and when, when the chips are on the line. You know, when the chips yeah. are actually – Table, and I For think sure. if they Rams, if they played the the Bucks, and you know even if they played the Cowboys, I think that they they played the Cowboys. I think honestly, I, I'd have the Cowboys at like a, a one point favorite. Uh, yeah, if they if it was at Dallas, but the I don't see them. I don't see them really. I could get to the divisional round easily. I don't see them getting past that though. Mm-hmm. I agree. For right now. For right now. Um. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I I gotta run. So I think that was good. All right. That was the Shiv and Eddie show, episode number two. We are uh sully of a sponsor. So if anyone wants to sponsor this pod, back to financial advice next week again. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll be uh flipping around through topics a ton. So if you like a wide variety, you're gonna love us.